I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at bjshow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. He's still not happy with our website, John. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to leave it there because <laughs> other people are invested in it, Brad. Other people go there. They go there Monday through Friday. They go there on the weekends to catch up. It's a beautiful thing. You know what? <laughs> you sound like Donald Trump there. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's the most spectacular <laughs> right. website it's, ever. It's the best ever. And of course, because I did it, right? No, actually, we're getting more and more traffic on the website. More and more you traffic. You don't say. Oh, you yeah. don't say, Brad. <laughs> yeah, we're getting more and more traffic on the website. Sometimes, I don't know if that's good or bad. Okay. He is John Combest, C-O-M-B-E-S-T. I spell his last name because his name is his website, johncombest.com. And for 22-plus years, every single day, he combs every single available piece of information on the Internet as far as state's concerned. Politics, what's going on in communities, various different things like that, who's running for office, who's not running for office, all that kind of stuff. And he puts it on one website, johncombest.com, and he shows up on the show here after he finishes it every morning, and we start off our show with, who do we have right here that does our announcing for us? I'm Casey Kasem. And he gives us the top three stories in the state of Missouri. And here he is with... In third place... Who's running for office? Brad Hildebrand teases up. (laughs) I'll answer that question for you. State Senator Lincoln Huff from the Springfield area had announced yesterday he's making it official. He's running for lieutenant governor. Really? He, yeah, he's entering a, a pretty crowded field. It's getting it's getting a little crowded in there, Brad. We have from the St. Louis area, we have Speaker of the House Dean Plocker. We have State Senator Holly Rader, who's from the southeast part of the state. We have from Freedom Love in Franklin County, Franklin County Clerk Tim Baker. And we have an old acquaintance of Brad Hildebrand. St. Louis area businessman Paul Barry the Third has um, announced he's also running for lieutenant governor. Paul Barry the Third. Have you ever talked with him before? I think I met him, gosh, a decade ago. I don't know him, but I think I met him like you know at some kind of events. There were some St. Louis County Republicans that were attempting to win elections, you know, a decade plus ago when we when we had the pipe dream of winning the St. Louis County. Uh, executive race, and I'm thinking this is around 08, 2010, something along those lines. But I know you know him well. Well, I don't know him well. Um, he's an interesting character. Matter of fact, to the point where if you want to, I could call him and get him on the air pretty quick because he, he's just an interesting guy. I mean, it, there's... Now, does he actually own... Isn't he one of these guys, and I forgive me if I'm wrong here, but he says he owns radio stations, but he does. does he actually own them or not? Well, it's a complicated situation. If you go on the FCC database and you go through, uh, he bought, uh, supposedly, we use air quotes, he supposedly bought and ran uh, what used to be Burt Kaufman's station, which was, uh, which is now Tracy's station. It's a complicated okay. deal. But essentially, he entered into an agreement to buy the stations, but he never consummated them. So in other words, supposedly, oh. as the story goes, he defaulted. 
he uh, had these stations, and he was actually he because at the time the stations K, the old KXEN, the WGNU, now KXEN is got Tracy, and WGNU is got uh, K Wolf on it, which is sort of weird. But oh yeah, okay. that that's a whole other story. But um, he. So in other words, he he didn't consummate the deal, so he never actually owned them. But he still maintains that he's in the radio business, right? I don't, you know, or maybe he does. I don't know. I will tell you an incredibly funny story off air because if I tell it on (laughs) air, I will. I people will tell me that I'm lying because it's so bizarre and so strange and so weird that. If I told it online, if I told, and literally, if I told it on the air, there would be people who go like, okay, BS, BS. I call BS on this. And it's honest to God true, but it's a weird story. Interesting. And so, so, so speaking of, by the way, other radio stations, Tim Baker, I think Tim was on a few weeks ago. I was in the car and I had, I was, I went to listen to Brian Nieves' show. And it was that period of time that Brian was out of town and he had another gentleman filling in for him. And I believe Tim Baker was on the air with the guy who was filling in for Brian Nieves. So it's real interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, it's real interesting here, Brad, because you, you look at the ideological lanes here, and Lincoln Huff fills that role really well of, if you're a, a Republican that supports Governor Parson, and you like what he's done, and you believe that he's limited the size of government, and spent money on things that need money, you're probably pretty favorable to a Lincoln Huff. But if you're a Freedom Caucus type and you believe that the government is spending way too much money and Governor Parson is spending way too much money, you're looking for your candidate here and you might look toward a a Tim Baker more than you would look toward a Lincoln Huff. But Lincoln Huff is going to have a ton of money. He appropriates the budget. He's the budget guy, Brad. So he can go around the state this summer credibly and say, hey, you know that expansion we're having on I-70? You're welcome. This is the guy that got that money for it. So uh, so the candidates will be looking for their own lanes here, and it'll be it's, it's going to be a crowded field. Interesting uh, enough, Tim Baker used to advertise on this very radio station a long time oh, ago. Wow. Because way back when he ran his, his family's company, which was an ice company that was located in, uh, in Pacific, and he sold it to a big national company. But uh, he used to say, and he was the, uh, when I say ice, uh, people going ice. Yeah, he was the guy that did the things like when you went to, when you go to like the, the Quickie Mart and you want to buy a bag of ice, that was what they did. They, yeah, their main job yeah. was. Interesting. And, and, and interesting enough, I've never toured the plant, but I know people who've toured the plant. Uh, fascinating the way they make it. And, and it's, it's, you'd never, you'd think it was like a big old you know, freezer with, you know, like the trays in it and stuff like that. It's actually a very complicated process of making ice and, 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 and distilling. Now, what is he right now? He's, what did you say he's currently? He's the clerk of Franklin County. He runs for all sorts of crazy stuff. Matter of fact, uh, um, I, don't, I don't never understand this thing one point in time brian nevis ran for recorder of deeds in franklin county you know by the way speaking of jason rosenbaum rosenbaum one of rosenbaum's punchlines is recorder of deeds like jason just loves jason's fascinated by the concept of people wanting to be a recorder of deeds anywhere what and but see that was the interesting thing when when brian see the crazy thing was brian had this tremendously you know um you know combative election to get the Senate seat. He, he, yeah. and, and when he didn't, he didn't run for re-election. He only went, ran one term. And then and then he decided he was going to run for recorder of deeds in Franklin County. Everybody went, what? Hey, and, deeds need to be recorded. Bro. Well, he lost. He got killed. He got killed in the election. I mean, interesting. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even come close. I mean, it, I, I think people, because once again, I'm thinking to myself, 
Okay, the recorder of deeds. Okay, I mean, just like you said. Now, legally, very important position because the fact Correct, that, yeah. you know, they're the ones that control all the real estate and you have to, you know, and, and, and other aspects of, of personal property and things like that. But it's just sort of weird. Okay, I'm getting a little bit out of control here. I've got to shut up. It's We've got to move along. Casey, what's coming up next? Up a notch to number two. When you go to the pump, if you wish you could do something to support other industries, <clears throat> excuse me, besides Mideast oil barons, and you want to put a little more ethanol in your tank, you're in luck. Well, not until summer of 2025. The EPA has what they, they the EPA restricts ethanol blends in the summer out of fear that ethanol blends can create more smog. So to the delight of the of the ethanol industry, the EPA says that they will allow summer a greater summer ethanol mix of 15%, but not until summer of 2025, Brad. So the ethanol industry is pretty upset about this. They want consumers to be able to go to the pump all year long and fill up with 15% ethanol. The EPA says you got to wait until 2025 to do so. I thought we already ordered 15% or is it 10% right now? Isn't no, it? it's 15% but not but but not in the summer months. Oh. Because there are concerns that ethanol as I, I understand it creates more smog in the summertime. I got you. It's 15% max but you can't do 15% in the summer and they're trying to make it 15% year round. That's exactly right. Okay. So it's and it's important particularly today. First of all, it's a new rule. The industry is making the ethanol industry is making a lot of noise about this and corn prices are down roughly 30 percent over the last year so if you're a corn producer you take a look at what you're getting paid for your corn you want anything you can to increase more demand for that corn that you're producing well you know it's interesting you say the ethanol industry is making a lot of noise uh the uh the oil industry makes no noise you know why why is that they're well lubricated <laughs> they are well lubricated. I'm sorry. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, and moving along. And here they are, the number one. The number one. If you are one of the trillions of Americans who's crippled with student loan debt, President Biden is coming to save you. If you haven't heard, President Biden announced that he is personally forgiving and canceling even more student debt. Now, yesterday, Missouri's junior senator, Eric Schmidt, appeared on Fox News, the Ingram Angle. If you're looking for a good three-minute overview of the issue, take a look at the top link on my website today. It's the Ingram Angle from Fox News. And Eric Schmidt, the TLDR version of this is that Eric Schmidt just comes out and says, look, President Biden is shopping for... Okay. Top link on my website today. John, I, I, I screwed up, okay? I Something fell on the board here, and I didn't know what was going on, and I accidentally turned you off for like 10 seconds. So give me the last, oh, ten, no. give me the last 10 seconds what you just said. Boy, people have wished they could have a mute button on me for a long time, Brad. <laughs> Eric Schmidt was on the Ingram angle on Fox News yesterday talking about the Biden plan to, quote, cancel student loan debt. Check it out. It's a good three-minute overview. The Missouri senator says that Biden is trying to, quote, buy votes with this plan in an election year. And he talks about how it's unconstitutional. The Supreme Court has already ruled on this. So it's a good three-minute hit. 
Well, I've, you know, I've heard a couple of people talk about this, and supposedly the qualifications on this loan forgiveness from Biden are that you had less than $10,000 in, in debt, and it was more, are, are, are more than 10 years old. And I'm thinking to myself, no, hold on a minute now. And, and <laughs> yeah, how does that matter? <laughs> no, but here's what's interesting. The, the uh, people who are making fun of this, primarily the Republicans, are saying, yeah. oh, hold on a minute now. If you got a college loan and it was for $10,000 and it's 10 years later and you haven't been able to pay that off, then maybe your college degree was not very efficient at you getting a good job because if you had gotten a good job with your college degree, you'd be able to pay that loan off with no problem. You know why, Brad? Because there's institutional discrimination against gender studies majors. Oh, man, don't go there, John. Here we go. <laughs> we, need, we need to fix that. But yeah, and you know what? As Gen Z says, Brad, looking at that math, the math isn't mathing. If you're not able to make that math work and you got that student loan, then then what are you doing, man? Well, th- the thing that bothers me about this, and once again, I am a college, uh, a two-degree guy, which I have two useless, useless degrees. And when I used to do the show with Shelly, she'd also go, I can't believe you said that because she'd always talk about how degrees are so important. Right. Uh, not anymore. But if you're like a guy who graduated from college and instead of you know taking on a lot of loan you you started an apprentice pro- program and with you know like the the carpenters and yeah or the pipe yep. fitters and stuff like that i mean you you don't have any debt and nope. you're going you're going like okay why is that dude over there getting you know having the government forgive a loan whereas you know i I'm out here busting my hump every day. You know what I mean? I mean, it's to the yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the, and the frustrating thing is whoever writes Biden's statements for him and whoever writes uh, Cardona's statements for him, the, the Ed Secretary, there was a line in there about like, people need, the, the phrase they used, Brad, was breathing room because people got to pay their bills. Well, that guy that did an apprenticeship 10 years ago to be a carpenter, he had to tighten his belt a little bit too. Like it, that's, that's not to say that it's, that it's easy for him in 2024, but people make choices. And when you choose to take on an extreme amount of debt, you got to pay the piper. See, I, I, there, there was a time, and you and I could talk about this maybe at another time, but there was a time when you would go to your bank and talk to your bank about a student loan, okay? And if I'm, you know, I don't have any kids that go into college anymore, but I used to, I had, you know, I have four kids. Yeah. There was a time when you did not go through the government. Maybe you did, I can't remember the whole deal, but essentially the government controls all the student loans. Yeah, correct, isn't that the way it is? Essentially a monopoly. Right, now, and here's the crazy part of that is, is that there's no competition because the government controls the whole thing. And not only that, it's to the point where, where it's, if you can, you know, like, let's say people get themselves into credit problem by, you know, hey, come on in and buy this new car. It's only $65,000. Your payments are only going to be $800 a month for the next. And you don't have to pay for the first six months. Right. So in other words, you're sort of, you know, you're sort of. Kind of lulled into, oh my God, this is going to be great. You're going to get a college degree and you're going to be making $150,000 a year. You'll be able to pay this degree off in no time at all. And that's not what happens. And don't you think the government is all into these crazy disclaimers? Don't you think the government should have a disclaimer on their own loans? Essentially saying, by applying for this loan, you could be in debt for the next 30 years of your life. Oh, of course. But you know what? The government <laughs> needs to pay more attention to warning labels on salty food, Brad, as Here we, we discussed go. earlier in the yeah, week. Bernie Sanders, right. Okay. John, John is, uh, I have to tell you, after yesterday, 
I am going to say that I like uh, what's the old uh, Wayne's World thing. We're not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Yeah, I'm, I on, am. I'm on a show with John Combest, who is Mr. Collected uh, or Connected, rather. Um, I got not one, not two, but three different people contacting me yesterday who are going to be on the show. One of them's coming up next. Do you know about this? No. You don't, no I don't know. <laughs> next is Taylor Burks. Nice. Yes. Very nice. Now, did you were you the guy behind this or, or did you make the call on this? Because he, he called me. Yesterday, uh so and remind me how this went yesterday. I know we're up against break, but remind me, one person yesterday said that congressional candidates wouldn't appear on our show, and the other person said, Of course they would. And I don't remember who, which one's which. <laughs> so he's baiting me. That's what he's doing. I said they would not, and you said they would. Okay, so That's right. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. You're now. making fun of me now. Okay, so here's the schedule. Today, it's Taylor Burke, as soon as we get p- past this break. Monday, it's Mary Elizabeth Coleman. Nice. Tuesday, it's Bob Onder. There so, we go, Brad. So, here we go. Now, and John's sitting there thinking, see, the funny thing is John knows all about this, but, you know, he's not going to fess up to it. Okay, we have to take a break and get Taylor on here.